BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick, everybody. I am Corey. I'm Julie. And on today's show, we've got Melinda Jackson, and she has her own company, Melinda Jackson PR. Uh, she does public relations, branding, influencer marketing. Uh, she's worked on uh, Grammy and PRSA. I don't know what that is, but like award-winning campaigns. Um, and so she does a lot of public relations and that type of stuff. And it's going to be an interesting conversation, I think, today, because public relations isn't really one of those things that... I think small businesses really think about, small business owners really think about. Um, so, Julie, what does public relations mean to you? Well, before I tell you what public relations means to me, I'm curious what it is about this conversation today that you think is going to be interesting. Well, public relations, first of all, I guess I'll go with my definition, is just dealing, like, it's kind of like a specialized extension of your marketing, your branding, in my opinion. It's controlling the conversation about your business. It's uh, just having, like if you were to have an expert in your business doing it for you, it would be that person who's kind of uh, helping guide the public perception of your business from various ways, like outside of your traditional marketing and social media. And we, as small business owners, don't really think about that because, I mean, marketing alone is probably enough to kind of um, to, to do the job. But when shit hits the fan, you get blasted on social media for something dumb. You get called out that you something that you may or may not have done. A customer's unhappy. Uh, you have a product recall, anything out there that's negative, you need somebody getting in front of that. It's like controlling the communication in that that narrative, in my opinion, and that's not something that people really think about before it happens. It's like it's reactionary because it's like, oh, shit, now we have to fix this thing that... Mm-hmm. And so that's that's why I think it's like we've never... I mean, aside from like the disaster preparedness that we've talked about, like we've never really talked about how, like how do you... How do you deal with those problems when they arise? Right. So typically this is people most frequently think of PR when you're talking about a crisis. Sure. You need crisis management and you need somebody to come in and fix it or to weave a story so that you can, um, you know, get out in front of it or change the narrative in your favor. Right. So we see PR happen a lot. Well, companies use PR all the time. Um, bigger companies is where you typically see it, and you have small businesses who would more traditionally handle PR messes on their own unless somebody steps in and says, hey, you really need a crisis management team on this, um, depending on how big how big the issue is. right? And you would use PR for press releases, right? if you want to get information out into the press um we also have i mean we used to have a client 
who had a very strong, they're a small business, but they had a very strong PR arm. They were constantly promoting what they were doing with press articles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. And those press articles, I've always wondered, like, how effective those things are. Like, is there some somebody just sitting around at the local newspaper just waiting for a small business owner to talk about the new product that they're launching in their business? Like, how interesting can that be? And, like, how do you get how do you get that attention that you want? Because I know that, like, you can pay for it. But, like, are there ways to do it without paying for it so that's a little more organic i guess um i don't know like you're i think in most instances for small companies they are paying to have it put out there into certain media outlets and then hoping that other people pick it up or that it gets you know goes viral across different social media platforms but typically i mean it's now that you know when when i made that connection for you just now of a client that we used to have that did it all the time you can see that they were very strategic about placing information into the press to make it look like they were doing much better than they actually were. Sure. Yeah. And and I think, uh, so, I mean, that's a good way to get ahead of it and to use PR, I guess, to your advantage. Um, but, like, in the world we live in right now, it's easy to get canceled. It's easy to upset any group of people. It doesn't matter politically what they are. You can... You, you can Anything that you do is going to piss off like half the country right now. Um, how, I mean, so like what would be your approach to you do something and then you just get blown up on on social media because whatever you did was offensive to some, some group in the country? Uh, I would just own it because I know that at any given point, I've got half of the country that still is going to be in agreement with me. So... If you are, if you take ownership for whatever it is that happened, I don't, you know, let's say you're using child labor, just as an example. You know, and you sell chocolates, let's say. Yeah, and you sell chocolates. Then, you know, rather than um, spinning it or trying to dodge it, I'm owning it. Like, yep, you know what? We messed up and we're going to, we're going to change that, right? So, I mean, cancel culture puts a whole new spin on it as a small business owner. Like, I don't think my personal opinion, I don't think small business owners need PR people. Like, I think that you need to just understand who your target is, understand what your brand is, understand what your core values are and live by those. Right. And you know, I mean, listen, Tony Watley says it all the time. If you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. You're not really making a difference. If there isn't somebody out there that's trying, that's hates you or is trying to cancel you. If that's just a part of culture today, people who think that they're going to get through never having a bad review or never having somebody hate them or hate what their business is doing, they're probably not doing very much. I, I completely agree. And and like you said, if you're staying true to who you are, what your culture is, your core values, your brand, understanding who your target market is, if you're providing value, it's really hard for you to actually get canceled. Like if, like if you look at people, celebrities, for example, who have been canceled for bad stuff or seemingly just stupid stuff, um, they don't really provide value. They're a dime a dozen. But if your company is good at what you do, if you are, if you provide a solid service, if you connect with that target market, et cetera, it's hard for you to get canceled because people are like, well, yeah, like I understand that was kind of dumb, but that's not really important to me because your product or service is more important to me. Right. I don't, I mean, this is probably going to sound really 
somewhat ignorant and very jaded, I'd be hard pressed to name uh, maybe more than a handful of celebrities who I think actually are providing a good service. Well, exactly. You've got uh, you've got a handful of celebrities who are actually like they're, they're great actors, let's say, sure. or they have like a great. M- uh, business mindset. You take like The Rock, for example. That guy is just—he's just got a motor, and he. I is, knew you were going to say The Rock. Yeah, I was kind of thought you were going to say Adam Carolla. Yeah, well, I mean, he's not really a celebrity. He's like an, an E-list celebrity. Um, <laughs> he's definitely not an E-list. He's celebrity. more famous than we are, but um, yeah. So it's it's a uh, uh, like it's hard. It's going to be hard to for that person to fail because they're always going to keep working. But if you like, if all you are is like a face on a reality TV show, there's a million other faces out there that can easily just replace you. Yeah. 100%. All right. I don't know that we actually came to any sort of valuable information on that front half, other than to say, we don't think, I don't think small businesses need PR. Well, they don't need a PR person. You need to be, I guess, PR mindful. Maybe. Because you still, like, there, if something happens, you still need to be mindful about it. But, yeah, I don't think that you need a dedicated person to it. Correct. Yes. All right. Well, let's take a quick, quick break, and we will bring in Melinda. With so many things competing for our attention these days, efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses. And that's why we launched Certivium, the newest business from the SB Pace team. Certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service, customer engagement, and social media management. We are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business, their customers. Find out if Certivium is right for your business at certivium.com. All right, and welcome back to the show, everybody. We're throwing a curveball at you because we've got no Melinda Jackson on. No idea where she is, and we're just going to keep going with it. Um, We are going to keep going with it, and we just want to let everybody know, all our listeners and future guests, just so you know this, new strategy. Normally, when somebody no-shows, we give them a chance to reschedule, but we changed our strategy literally last Friday where we have now said, if you no-show... You do not get you to get reschedule. No podcast. no podcast with us. No show, no podcast. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with a last minute reschedule nothing. or uh, things happen. Yes. So to, to say three minutes before the, the interview is supposed to start, oh shit, this thing came up. Can I reschedule? Sure. But just no show. Come that's, on. That's not cool, man. Unacceptable, especially for a PR expert. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. So listen, if we. You know, if we were going to employ a PR strategy on no showing to a podcast, what would it be? Well, um, whew, that's a good question. So so the scenario that you're presenting is I, as a business owner, was supposed to show up to an interview for a podcast. Let's say I was supposed to be on television even. Yes. Something crazy. And yeah. uh, I'm a no call, no show yeah. to it. How do I deal with that on the PR side of things? Yeah, how do you? Well, I guess the first thing that I would need to do is find out what, if any, negative publicity is going to be out there because I didn't show, um, and what that impact is going to be. Because if it's if it's if it's nothing that's going to really impact my business, maybe I just don't do anything about it. I mean, that's kind of a shitty way to look at it, but why waste your time on something that's not going to negatively impact your business? Maybe you should make spend that time uh, figuring out why you suck at calendars calendars calendaring is clearly hard for many many people but um you know we know 
that uh, she has, she knows how to contact us because she was emailing us yesterday. Yes. So, you know, it's um, unfortunate, but that's okay. We're going to, we're going to roll with it. Curveball coming your way. Sure. And I think that, I mean, for anything, like anytime that you drop the ball in business, whether it's showing up to a, a podcast interview or delivering your product or service, if you drop the ball, if you screw up, you need to figure out how to make make it right. Mm-hmm. So if this were me, for instance, to be like, oh, crap, I totally forgot or something came up and whatever. Like, I, I don't expect you to do anything, but hey, let me help you out. Let me promote your show. Let me do something to kind of make you whole because now you and I are wasting our time. Not that we're, this isn't a waste of time. I should have, let me rephrase that. It's now, never a waste of our time <laughs> yes, to do our podcast. podcast. But what we were planning on on. The information we're planning on giving our our listeners is not that information anymore because we're going to go off on some tangents, I'm sure, because we aren't PR experts. We're certainly not. We're PR smart enough to know that you show up (laughs) when you're supposed to be someplace, though. That sounds dirty. I'm PR smart. (laughs) (laughs) That does sound dirty. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so we're not going to talk really about public relations today. So, yeah, Yeah. if you screw up, make it it whole. Make a concerted effort to make that person whole so that... I mean, you could you could save that business if you screw up. You could you could turn a bad review into a good review. To, you can. Um, I, I think we just talked about that. Where possibly on the radio show? I don't know. We have a radio show, by the way. It's called Defeat the Chaos. We do. Uh, but it's that it's that one star that turns into a four or five star because it's oh they screwed up my order, but they reached out. They made they went above and beyond. They explained the situation. They didn't blame me for their screw up. Yes, they fixed it. Uh, yes. Hey, I, can I tell? Can I? Can I take a little detour that and talk about something that has nothing to do with PR or people not showing up? This entire half of the episode is going to be detours. So okay, go great. Right ahead. I want to tell a little bit of a story. Okay. Um, I don't even know if it's going to be a good story, but I feel like it is in my head. It's a really good story if that matters. So. As you know, this morning, this when we're recording this, we're recording this on a Tuesday, we had a client call this morning, right? And um, love the client. She's amazing and she's fun to work with. And uh, she's a little bit nuts, but I think she knows she's a little bit nuts. So if she listens to our podcast, which I hope she does, she's not surprised by hearing us call her a little bit nuts, right? She's a great person. I didn't say that. Right. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Well, I did. Anyway, we, um, we're having this conversation with her this morning um, where um, she was talking about how she just gets, she gets very, very frustrated when people ask her to do things that she hasn't been paid for. Correct. And so um, I was telling her that that's a, it's, it's a boundary issue, but it's also that you need to provide clear pricing to your clients, right? So you need to be able to state, hey, this is what I charge for this service. And then when people try and take advantage of you, you need to tell them, this is going to cost you this much money. So it's set a boundary. And for whatever reason, the, she, the conversation reminded me of the episode of The Office where Jim had a sign when Dwight was the leader and the, the manager, the branch manager, and Jim had the, the chalkboard that had like how many days without nonsense they had gone, right? Because there was no not there was a no-nonsense policy. And it just made me laugh. But I had asked her, do you watch The Office? And she said, oh, my God, The Office is like the best show ever. I'm like, fantastic. But she hadn't seen the episode or she didn't know what I was talking about. So I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. Missed opportunity. Very fun to talk about The Office. And then the very next sentence out of her mouth, and now keep in mind, Sometimes I have the maturity of a 12-year-old boy. 
The very next sentence out of her mouth, and I'm so curious, Corey, if your brain went the same place mine did, was she said, I love to service people. Sometimes I just don't want to service them when they want to be serviced. And all I could think was, that's what she said. <laughs> My mind did not go there. <laughs> I did. I was like, I am not mature enough for this conversation. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, uh, I think I was still trying to figure out, like really tying in that reference to the conversation. Mm. I was still trying to put all the pieces together because I'm like, I don't really understand the Because she, she referred to it as nonsense. Okay. She referred to people asking her to do these things uh, as okay. nonsense. And I was like, we have a no-nonsense policy. Gotcha. Right? Okay, now I'm, now I'm following you. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's, that, that was my story. I find it, I thought it was funny. In my head, it was very funny. I Yeah, I did not go go there when she started talking about servicing people. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm, I'm all business on calls, unlike some people <laughs> in this company. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we it's, know that's not true. but <laughs> It is 100% not true. Yeah, I was making fun of that same client last week for uh, printing off screenshots of her website and making notes, scanning them, and then emailing them. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we do. She's a great client, and we do. We absolutely do love her. Yes. So. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go off on another tangent now, Julie. What do you so got? we've uh, ripped on PR because realistically, nobody really needs uh, small business owners don't need a PR expert, and I think that there's um, like some sort of I'm going to say statistic or a fact or, or whatever that um, like the first the first person like if a company's downsizing one of the first departments that gets axed is public relations well of course because well that's funny that's there's that that's a little ironic right it, it is but I, it's one of those things that I think is kind of telling about the the business or the industry or the skill mm-hmm. or whatever like if you're if you're the first thing that people see as expendable maybe you're not providing that much value Correct. That's that is true. Can we talk about the PR work that Mars has been doing for the last week? Yes. And I want to talk about that all across the board because it's just been it's been an interesting couple of days, week, however long this has been going on. And one of my friends whom, you know, um, is uh, he and I go back and forth a lot about news and texting and like uh, mm. certain like things that are going on in the world, or whatever. And, and he sent me uh, this screenshot and was like, "Please tell me this isn't real." And it was about the Skittle that was tra- or the M M&M and M that was transitioning to it being a Skittle. Or whatever. <laughs> this is one of the Babylon Bee yeah, best I know. headlines ever. <laughs> I know, and I responded <laughs> back and I was like, "Because I have to fact check a lot of the stuff that he sends to me." <laughs> Um, cause he's like, oh my God, check this out. And it's like a quick internet search. And I'm like, that's not real. Or like here, like whatever. And I, like he, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Babylon B or the onion, but I know it's like, I don't know which one it is. It's, it's, it's sarcasm. It's, it's par- a parody, whatever. Um, and so I, I had to deal with that. So, but there are people out there who probably think that that's real now because it gets posted. Like many things do get posted with just an image, no source or anything. Right. And, oh, my God, I can't believe this is going on. And nobody bothers to do any of their own personal fact checking. Um, but, yeah, so then we went kind of back and forth um, real quick where, and I don't know if you want to tell the story or, or if you're good with me just running with it um, in that conversation with him where I said, yeah, but it's been a, it's like the whole M&M controversy is 
like a brilliant maneuver on Mars's standpoint because there right now there's a lawsuit um, out there for uh, against them where they're the the defendant in a child slavery lawsuit. So they are using child slaves uh, to produce, I guess, either. Uh, harvest the cocoa or produce the chocolate or whatever. I don't know exactly what the kids are doing, but they're a part of it. And I think Hershey's and Nestle is involved in this as well. And this this green M&M controversy, and I'm going to use that word lightly because it's to me it's it's nothing. Mm-hmm. They, they changed the, the shoes. Oh, no, they changed every character, though. They changed every one of them. Well, I, I don't care. But it's they, still nothing. I yeah, agree with they, you. They, they, it's, it's a, a diversion. It's a diversion. Because, yes. like, uh, on a completely different text thread, I was texting with some friends, and um, one of the girls was on, like, that was on there, and I was like, finally, there's a cartoon candy cartoon candy character that you can look up to now. You don't have to, like, fi- this is equality, you know, as a joke, because who the fuck cares? They're cartoons. They're right. cartoon candy Dress them up in whatever you want to dress them up with. Like, why is this national news? And it's national news because I'm sure that Mars and Hershey and Nestle paid a ton of money to make it news to cover up the fact that they're evil, evil corporations. Yes, they have the, they are covering up the fact that they use child slave labor, right? Yes. Child slave labor. Yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. But if it was only allegedly, they wouldn't have needed to rebrand all of their M&Ms. I, I didn't know idea that um, it was all the M&Ms. But all of the memes and everything that has come out since then uh, has been pretty entertaining. So we can thank them for that. Yes. For some limited yes. entertainment that we'll forget about in six months because we're going to be arguing over whether or not the Twix rabbit or the the... Not Twix. Tricks. Tricks is for kids. The Tricks rabbit is uh, secretly a pedophile or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So there you. So this is a good example of the evil nature of PR. Yes. Right. Where literally it's being used to cover up the. Um, it's being used to cover up evil. Sure, and it's. It's classic, and let's let's bring back uh, TV references for all of our listeners out there. But my favorite, absolute favorite one, and this is a perfect example of kind of like a PR uh, thing, like the Mars issue or uh, the Mars child slave labor thing that's going on right now, is in Seinfeld when Jerry tells everybody that he's going to buy a speedboat, and I, I can't remember what he's like covering up, but like he's talking about something and. And it's something that he doesn't want to talk about. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I, the other day when I was out buying a speedboat, they're like, wait, you were buying a speedboat? And it completely diverts the conversation away from what he was, well, like, whatever the conversation. And he's just like, yeah, he's like, anytime that I don't want to talk about something, I just tell people I'm buying a speedboat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, such a, it's such a great maneuver because, like, in life you can do that easily. And in business, it's just as easy, too. You want to distract from what's going on. Just think of something that's even more outrageous, but that's not going to hurt your business. And just promote that. Yeah, that's. I don't know that I ever saw that episode. Oh, it's a this, great episode. With the the speedboat. I always I always forget if you actually watched Seinfeld or not. Clearly, I did uh, yeah. more than you. No, I mean I did. <laughs> I know. I, I'm just. I still really enjoy the episode of Seinfeld where Kramer and uh, Newman are driving to Michigan with the muffins, or no, to exchange the 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 their um 
all the tin cans. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. aluminum cans I'm, because they get the refund, the bigger, the bigger refund in Michigan. Yeah, because I'm confusing it. There was that one where they're trying to get rid of all the muffin bottoms. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I think they were using the postal truck for that too. So yes, and they it. also, I think that the one where they go to Michigan is the same one where they have the Kennedy Golf Clubs. I think. I th- yeah. I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that makes for great podcasts there. Well, it does because most people love. Love, love, love Seinfeld. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. So we've established that PR is nonsense and that uh, Mars and that crew should be ashamed of what they're doing right now. So if you want to boycott something, if you want to cancel something, that's what you can go cancel people. And that, I think, is is also something that we can afford to cancel. Candy. You don't need candy. Hmm. It's easily something that you can cut out of your diet, shopping habits, etc. And Nestle's evil, anyways, because they like they are. Yeah, if you look at like, um, I mean, they they're basically just trying to claim all the fresh water on the planet as their own. Um, so there, there's all sorts of crazy stuff that's gone on with them, where they're like, I've got let's say a river running a creek on my property, and they're like, well, you can't use that water because it belongs to us. But it's on my property. I mean, Coke was the same way. A lot of these companies, they they want to. I mean, they want to claim that the rain belongs to them because the rain that that falls on my house and goes into my gutters and onto the street and eventually to a creek, which eventually goes to a river, belongs to them because they've got a plant on the river. They've tried to do shit like that. Are you high right now? No, this is like real stuff that they've oh. tried to claim <laughs> that like that I I'm not allowed to have a rain barrel in the back of my house because I'm stealing water from whoever Coke, Nestle, etc. You know, I say, I say, fuck those guys. Yeah, until you know the Nestle goons show up your house with guns and they make you pour out your rain barrel. Did that happen to you? No, I'm just waiting. Bring it on, Nestle. (laughs) Don't invite trouble. Did your mom ever say that to you? Don't invite trouble. No. Yeah, my mom never said it to me either. I'd like to see Nestle take me down. (laughs) I feel like you're just opening up an invitation there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's give some. non-expertise PR tips to our listeners. This will be fun. Yeah, I know. Let's do it. All right. Well, what? I don't know. Where do you want to start? I want to start with take accountability for your shit. If you do something, own it. Don't don't deflect. Just own it. Sure. And I'll go along those same lines. Let's say you are getting called out on the internet for something, Uh but... It's nonsense. It's, uh, you don't believe that it's true. It's somebody, like, people are just, like, it's the internet mob out to get you. Uh-huh. Just remember, they're bullies. So don't react. Don't give them what they want. You just treat them like you would, uh, like, a, a, a grade school bully. You're, you, Punch them? Well, you can do that, too, but you're not ever going to win an internet fight. Ignore them. Don't address the problem. They'll go find somebody else to pick on. Yeah, that's good advice. I also think, you know what's really good advice to avoid a PR nightmare? What's that? Be a good person. Just be a good person. Yeah, and a good business. Yeah, if you're not if you're not shitty, then for the most part, you're probably going to stay out of trouble. For the most part. I mean, trouble will, will try and find you because uh, if nothing's broke with your business, somebody's going to try and find something that's broken or they're going to break something. Because yeah. it's that's just the nature of these a holes on the internet is that they, like again they're bullies so it's you could have employees who are I mean you're maybe you're not the best business in the world not the best boss but you're not terrible you're not doing anything wrong or illegal or harmful they're still gonna people are gonna complain they're gonna find ways to 
talk shit about your business. It's just going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So don't let it get to you. Don't yeah. let it get under your skin. So I got a, I have a question for you. What do you, how do you think, how do you mm, battle against or how do you solve for, let's say that you inadvertently piss off a PR person who then wages a vendetta against your business? What do you do? How do you battle against that? Get a lawyer. <laughs> just just go nuclear. Just send them a, a cease and desist. I do kind of like nuclear responses sometimes. Yeah, the because it, it's uh, you're never going to win that internet battle. They probably have more followers, more influence, more ability than you to paint themselves in a sunny disposition. So just you got to suck it up. Send them a cease and desist. Get uh, I mean, we as a business owner, you should be friends with a lawyer or maybe two, maybe have, you know, you need to have them in your circle. And if they're, if they're any, I mean, if they're most of the time for a nominal fee, if not, if, if, if nothing, they'll just send a cease and desist. Be like, just send a letter. Just, just pr- pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah. I like it. I like it. There's our final advice for you. We're going to wrap up and, uh, Hey, thanks for uh, filling in and jumping in today. Hey, no problem. Thank you, Julie. This was a, this was a fun conversation. I had no idea that we were going to talk about uh, the chocolate conspiracy theories. I did not, but I'm glad that yes. we did because, man, fuck those guys. Yes. All right. Thank you to our listeners. Um, everything you need to know about us is going to be in our show notes. And if you want to connect with us uh, on social, if you want to work with us, if you want to know anything about us, reach out to us on our website or find it out on our website. You can reach out to us via our website as well, sure. sbpace.com. Yeah. We know what we would love if you would download and rate our podcast. Subscribe. Give us a review. Either, you know, five stars, four stars, whatever it is that you think we've earned and some written feedback. And if you're interested in hearing on any topics, just reach out to us and let us know. Please don't ask us to talk about PR again, though, because I don't think we're going to do it. Also, we have a radio show. It's called Defeat the Chaos. It's on the Voice America Business Channel every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern. We're live, but you can always catch us on demand. And if you want to have us talk about... Uh, PR again. We will just go in a completely another, uh, just a, down a different rabbit hole and talk about other conspiracy theories. So Good idea. That might be a fun show. That could be fun. Yeah. So anyway, uh, while you're on our website or on the internet, on Amazon, go buy our book. It's called Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It's a number one seller there on Amazon. And uh, there's a number, or there's, yeah, we'll call it a number one digital download on our website. It's, sure. it's the number one download on our website. So we've got that going for us. <laughs> uh, and don't forget to rate and review that as well. Right. And I just want to go on the record as saying, do you know how many times I've told him that he has to stop saying we wrote a book? Oh, and it's a number one bestseller. We wrote a number one bestseller. Yes. And I always want to call our workbook a number one workbook as well. I know. And it is. It's in my heart. It's a number one. It's the number one. It is a good workbook. It's the best workbook we've ever made. It really is. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick. And uh, we've been giving you PR advice for your small business.